0: Hey beefs, it's me for Steve, and I want to share with you a keep changing product that has improved my sleep and daily health. So let's dive in. You all know through my journey, I have struggled with sleep, being afraid of it, not getting quality sleep, and not being able to regulate my temperature throughout the night. I definitely learned the hard way, but sleep matters big time. It's when your muscles repair, your brain detoxes, and your body can work on cellular renewal. We just can't afford to miss out on an adequate amount of high quality sleep, which is kind of hard when you have a rare disease. There's not much that I control in this real life, but one of the easiest and most effective ways to get better sleep every single night is through temperature regulation. Studies actually prove cooler temperatures lead to a deeper, more restful sleep, and that insomniacs actually lack this natural drop in core body temperature, which is what keeps them up at night. Personally, I run hot. This means that even if my room is super cold, I wake up in a pool of sweat, uncomfortable, changing my clothes several times throughout the night. It's frustrating for obvious reasons, and this is why I was so relieved to discover this transformative products from Chili. The Cube from Chili Sleep is a system that fits right over the top of your mattress and uses water to control the temperature of your bed, which helps lower your internal temperature and triggers deeper, relaxing sleep. Since water has 30 times more thermal conductivity than air, these systems are a lot more effective than just cranking up the AC. I mean, I keep my house at 65, so it has to be true. Ever since I started using the cube system, I've noticed I fall asleep a lot faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. <laughs> now, my wife is not a polar bear like me and likes to sleep a little bit warmer. So I love that we can each have. Our own temperatures on either side of the bed. Chili products can range between 55 and 115 degrees. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to chilisleep.com/backslash/findyourrare20, you get 20% off the cube all sleep systems with find your rare 20. Sleep is something we could all use more of, and we can all take small steps towards getting better sleep to improve our life in big ways. I hope you'll check out the Chili Sleep System and see why I love their product so much. Hey, peeps. Welcome to this bonus episode of Because We Are Strong. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to this up-and-coming author who I happen to have stumbled upon while scrolling on Instagram. Golora is the author of Immigrant Courage Required. The invisible challenges of the estimated 272 million international migrants is a topic that needs to be brought to light now more than ever. I'm your host, Christine, so let's dive in.
1: This is the Because We're Strong podcast, where we sit down every week to get your stories and insight on how to navigate this rare life. You can expect everything real and raw in the hopes that your story, along with ours, helps another person who is dealing with a similar rare struggle. So grab your favorite drink, a comfy blanket, and buckle in, because rare disease isn't for the faint of heart. Welcome, G. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Christine. Thank you for having me. Um, this is exciting. I know that I got a copy
0: of your book right away. Um, I happened to find you right as you were... Um, kind of like yes, launching was, it. And yes. yeah, the, the the cover art in general is just so beautiful. But before we get into that, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey?
1: Yes, yes, yes. You do have a copy of my book, Kristin, and thank you for your support. You're one of the first people really um, getting in touch and supporting the book. So I appreciate you. In terms of my journey, uh, there is a lot a lot that I can talk about, but let's like, if we want to talk about the book journey um, of mine, the, everything started about two years ago, really the writing of the book. Uh, but I didn't have uh, an, an exact focus on what this book should be. But when um, last summer in June of 2020, everybody came out to kind of like protect the new change uh, in in the social system uh, that we we are having in the U.S., I realized that I wanted to do something as well. And as I was writing a a memoir, I thought that my story uh, as an immigrant um, could become the story of change and resiliency that could potentially um, inspire others and Um, help the change that we are hoping to see in in, in the world around us, uh, uh, you know, become a possibility.
0: So just speaking um, kind of logically, right, we know that different cultures have different like family rules, if you will. What was it like to kind of decide to not only put your views out there, but put, you know, um, your memoir, your your personal journey, your family's stuff—good, uh, bad, or indifferent—in the book. What
1: has that been like? Well, it was certainly a scary um, experience in terms of me putting myself out there. Um, with you know my upbringing, it is a it is a um, pretty conservative upbringing, especially for a for a woman within within a culture like uh, similar to mine that that I had. Um, Initially, it it required some courage, uh, the the words. So the courage um, that initially it required kind of um, became this echo that resonated across uh, the, the book writing process. Somehow, when I decided that I want to write a book and I was writing every day, I came across a publisher as well who uh, was a community based publisher and they helped me r- get my manuscript up and running to to uh, to the point that it is a book and it can actually be something that i am proud of today in terms of t- sharing my personal stories my my uh family probably had uh, some thoughts and opinions around it um they um expressed initially some of some of their uh, their concerns and i had to kind of in a way promise that our personal life will stay personal um and private and and i'm going to have a focus and the focus is going to be around the change uh and the transition um that i personally went um through to like since we came to america up until today
0: I mean, I just I think that's amazing that you were able to kind of you know stand in your in your truth that like I'm not I won't put your stuff out there, but this is a part of my story, and I'm I'm proud just to tell my story. I'm proud to get in front of you know and be vulnerable, um, like you said, with, with culture and I mean just. The invisible struggle of you know being an immigrant in the United States, you know those micro traumas add up.
1: Exactly. Yes, and, and uh, interestingly enough, I thought that I was coming in with um, everything that was related to my culture, but when when I started realizing that it, the the world I'm living in today, U.S. culture. Because it's super diverse it it has so many layers, and just as you said there those layers contribute uh to this micro challenges uh that that I also have to endure and and you know figure out how to cope with and
0: you know before i just i mean I've read the book it was it was phenomenal, and one of the things that I really appreciated about it was it felt like it was in this weird way like I was walking. Through like a day in your life, does that make sense in exactly. some ways? And like all the different parts of your brain, like that, like that could possibly go off. Yes, um, you know, I, just to give our readers a little bit of like context when I ta- say that, you know, there's pictures, home, uh, languages. What about fun? Uh, racial education, unconditional love, marriage, death, mental health, unexpected. I feel like that's just a day in the life of everyone's mind, but you really bring us through that journey and then tie in different things from, you know, your past and like the raw emotions of it. How
1: how was that writing for you? That is such a great question because um, I spent some time just figuring out how I want to, what that means a day in the life of a person and and my thinking what does that mean to me what studies say about the thoughts that we have like as as it happens apparently in a day we have thousands of thoughts go through our brain and our mind we don't even notice it because it's just so rapid and it happens like like all the time and so among those thousands of ideas, thinkings, you know, things that are on, uh, on our, um, mind, which ones are worth picking was, was a challenge of mine. Initially I thought, okay, I'm going to think uh, like, yeah, I, uh, I do this meditation. I ha- I have a meditation practice and, um, that for over a year that I've been practicing, it helps me be aware of the major thoughts that I have, the ones that like stay there for longer and linger and among those i realize even i still have like 30 40 items that just randomly show up that i might talk about i might want to like you know explore and talk about and another portion of this like mindful lifestyle that i picked during the pandi- picked up during the pandemic encourages me to be curious um a- about some of these lingering thoughts so that to the point it is re- re- resolved and once it's resolved it's it disappears kind of uh, a zen way of uh, describing it's funny because our
0: our listeners definitely know that i'm all about you know the resolve and finding that inner peace um so it's funny that that you brought that up because i d- i do i believe that it's all within us and i have another question if you don't mind how has it kind of opened up like um your ability to see different diversity with even though like you're experience this yourself and your through your journey um i feel like since being sick like my eyes have just been opened up to so many different things that i feel like i missed and i'm wondering you know writing it this out and putting this in the world what has been your experience in i guess seeing not just like surface level um like you know things but like the deeper person behind that or
1: yes that is also another good question So my, I decided at some point consciously, I made a decision to become a more um, compassionate person that might've been back in 2019. And I decided to put a conscious effort to make that happen. And the book uh, process, the book writing process was a factor that contributed to that, um, once I explored my own fears and sometimes shortcomings, I saw all types of, all versions of myself. And, you know, it becomes somehow easier to see the similar versions in others and not only see that, but also be compassionate and know that they are also walking their, their, um, you know, on their own path. That is not. Oh, fact, I love that. Yeah. Different from mine, you know? So it, i I can say that I am a more compassionate person than when I started today wow
0: i I think that that what you just said kind of like gave me um chills that that idea that we can walk alongside each other and not exactly be you know the same thing but you know stopping for a second and really giving. You know, someone the chance or experiencing something different. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of different, I hate to put you on the spot, but we all know I kind of love to do that. Oh boy! How would you feel about? How would you feel about potentially, you know, maybe giving us a little
1: excerpt of um, your book for our listeners?
0: I love a good author reading.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Christine, I would, for tonight, I could do the languages, like a few, like a portion of the chapter called languages. To me, it it resonates a lot, almost all the time. Um, So I'll, I'll start. In the battle of languages, my mother tongue is fading and I am becoming a new multilingual me. Again, I found myself writing and doodling in my notebook as I sat at my work desk under the bright midday light of my condo. It is lovely here, and I am grateful for having everything I have now. Birds were chirping, and Mort Garson's plant music playlist played as I recovered from the heavy lunch I just had. I felt like having Indian food today. By this point in time, my entire place smelled like the delicious vegetarian vindaloo I had. Spicy food does things to me sometimes a man cannot do. Just by thinking about it, my mouth watered. It was time for me to get back to work, but for some reason, I could not get my thoughts off the conversation I had with my boss earlier. My manager, Abio, is a 30-some-year-old Nigerian-American. His family immigrated to the U.S. before he was born so they could continue their education. Today, we had a virtual coffee chat because he will be leaving our company soon. Our conversation covered all aspects of our work after his departure and the exciting opportunity at the new company. I am excited about his next step. As my discussion progressed with Abu, I found myself speaking to him in all four languages I know to express my gratitude for his leadership and coaching. It felt as if English were not enough to share my sincerest feeling of appreciation for my boss as he moved on to his next adventure. After all, my degrees and life experiences in the U.S., I realized that my sense of being unequipped with words to express my thoughts and feelings persisted. The English language lacks something for me when I want to have a heart-to-heart conversation with others. This realization sparked the idea of dedicating this story to language and culture differences I have experienced in the U.S. and my home country, Iran. One word that I wish to share fully and emotionally with people is, hello. Greeting others is a significant part of my culture as a Turkmen, Iranian, and Muslim woman. We value hospitality above all and love to provide a warm welcome to our guests and people we meet all the time. I think, I like to think that hospitality is a virtue celebrated by many in the world. Even a tiny head nod on a walk could transfer a warm-hearted feeling to someone who might be new in the neighborhood. I can imagine individuals worldwide nodding their heads or waving their hands to their neighbors while on a stroll. They might even say hello in more official and unofficial languages than I would ever know. While hello, salam, durut, and merhaba are all united in their meanings, their uniqueness lies in the sacred background of the cultures and languages that house them. I am sure offering and receiving greetings feel much better when it is in one's first language. As for myself, however... I do not know of a single word that means hello in my mother's tongue, Turkmen. Whoa,
0: I have chills. I loved, oh my goodness. I always feel like, you know, I, I um, when I'm reading it, I hear, I guess, my own voice reading it and taking out different things. And then you hear the author read it and you hear the author kind of the emotion. And it was like, I just visualized that. And it was so incredibly powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I hope that makes everyone feel all the ooze that I feel and, you know, go and grab a copy of this book. Because also, guys, um, I will, if um, if you've seen any of the promos for this episode, the art is so incredibly beautiful. Before I let you go, I have to ask, like, how did you come up with that?
1: The cover art is, I had a vision, and I want I exactly knew for some reason what I wanted for the cover art and lucky for me my design team uh, the publisher's design team was was very good at you know spending so the cover art has this woman's um, head or we don't know exactly if it's a woman or a man it's kind of is a bi uh, non-binary person that's what I wanted to have in there and And within the different patterns of her face, there are uh, elements of United States and elements of my um, Iranian and Turkish backgrounds that show up and create this very interesting contrast um, uh, that kind of, to me, implies this person's complexity, like internal complexity. Um, So nothing is outside of the head. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean. That's what I got from it, but like in such a beautifully done way that basically there's a million pieces that you know add up to what um, you know makes us who we are.
1: And and for in, um, the illustrations, the uh, yeah, just the in-text illustrations are by my sister. I saw that she was doodling, and I was like, okay, can I use this for my book? It resonates.
0: Now that is something. That is so cool. I know everyone out there is legitimately rolling their eyes because I am pretty much the most like symbolic hidden meeting person ever. Like everything I do has like some meaning behind it. So the fact that those are actually from your sister, like made me fall in love with this book even, <laughs> even more, um, because that is so something like I would do incorporate like these little things about, you know, my life within something of this. So that is amazing.
1: Thank you, Kristen.
0: G, where can people find you if they would like to connect with you?
1: Instagram, at Golara, underscores after any letter. (laughs) (laughs) As always, I
0: went ahead and linked all that contact into our show notes, as well as where you can purchase Immigrant Courage Required. Thank you. G, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come here and share with us. Your courage to put your story out there is a survival guide to so many.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate you, Kristen. Thank you. And everybody out there, please feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm always happy to um, connect and meet new people. As always, thank you to our listeners who tune in each week as we continue
0: to bring the invisible visible. Until next time, live large and stay rare.
1: Catch us next week for another episode. To continue the conversation about rare disease and all the unknowns that comes with it, join our Facebook group. Want even more rare? Become a VRP member on Patreon and learn more about our stories or how to share yours by visiting bwspod.com.